On to other news now, the development of artificial intelligence in recent years has left many people looking forward to a fully automated future. From robots that wait tables to those that play chess, their skill sets are never-ending. In southwest China, our reporter Tao Yuan met a machine that's got some pretty impressive sporting skills. Good morning. It is Tech Talk Today, episode 249, and yes, it is real. The badminton robots with artificial intelligence are here. I'm about to take on a rising star in China's badminton scene. Among its racket partners, former world champion Dong Zhong and Chinese premier Li Keqiang. I'm all fired up about it, Ange. Good morning. How are you doing? Weird. You ready? Okay. <laughs> are you not, you're not fascinated no. by me? <laughs> I want to see it, though. Meet Robo Minton. Ah, there it is. This is the world's first fully automated Batman robot. It can play as well as any amateur Batman oh, enthusiast. Enthusiast. It's creators, a group of college students and teachers in southwest China's Chengdu city. It won a special award at last year's Asia Pacific Robot. You know, here in the States, we create robots to fight each other. And over there, they <laughs> right. create robots to do Batman. You ready to bust through some news, Ange? Yes. All right, let's bring in that mumble room. Time appropriate questions, mumble room. Good night. Hello. Good morning. I heard a good night yeah, in there. Yeah, good night. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Daredevil, you already are not impressed. Already. <laughs> right off the top. Jeez. What's going on, Daredevil? Yes. You're not impressed? Sorry. Come on. We have drones that can control balls and pretty much... All right. You know, that's true. We have the equilibrium. That's true. And I, now we're I agree. excited because there, it just has wheels. Like, what? Yeah, 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 I guess so. I secretly use Arch Linux. I was actually watching a, a, a footage of a drone that is designed to carry a human being. It is a self-flying drone. You put a tablet in there. You, put, you mark your destination. There's no stick. There's no nothing. Wow. Yeah, and you set the button and okay. Off screw it goes. hoverboards. Well, screw self-driving cars. And I want a self-driving yeah, right? drone. Yeah, I mean that could actually happen. That is amazing. We're gonna have those things crashing though. And, and you know what? If a, a former lobbyist for the cable industry can defend net neutrality, perhaps anything is possible. The U.S. Appeals Court has upheld the net neutrality rules in full. Uh, the uh, the uh, dingo that was uh, guarding the uh, baby, is, according to John Oliver, turns out not to be so violent. U.S. Court Appeals for the D.C. Court delivered a slam-dunk victory for the Federal Communications Commission as it rejected the petition filed by telecom, cable, and wireless industry associations alongside AT&T, Centrelink, and several smaller providers to bust up net neutrality rules. Uh, I thought uh, this was kind of interesting because not a ton of coverage about this. This is kind of a big deal, and I would imagine it's going to be challenged. But we were just kind of having a net neutrality type discussion on the pre-show. S- the studio here is having lots of issues with our Comcast connection. Shocker. And yeah. we're, we're actively trying to figure out what we can do, and there's not a lot of great answers. We've, we've talked about everything from digging a hole in the ground and running new fiber and paying $5,000, $10,000, who knows for that, getting some new fangled low-end connection in here that's just dedicated to certain tasks and all kinds of all kinds of roads lead to sort of not really great answers the state of internet is awful yeah. and we we are also talking in the pre-show about a little loophole and that is the providers will often put boxes upstream that is essentially giving them technically a fast lane i think was it william william were you pointing that out in the pre-show yeah and describe what you're talking about, because I just kind of did a rough explanation there. So basically, some providers will strike deals with ISPs to be able to put servers more locally close to the users who are going to access them. Yeah. So Google. it acts as a caching network, say, for Netflix. Or- yep, and Google. Google does this, and too. And Google, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and it, uh, boy, would it be amazing if Jupiter Broadcasting could have multi-corporation uh, deals, just like all these deals across the industry where we could put uh, scale engine servers and individual ISPs to distribute our content. That would be well, nice. Well, Alan could strike that deal. You never know. Maybe Actually, one day. Yeah. he has enough we money and resources to, to do it. I one mean, they're day. putting thousands of servers all over the states. Probably, yeah. you know, more, tens of thousands. It is just so. interesting as that is happening at the same time this, this discussion around net neutrality is happening. It seems like the two things are sort of disconnected. The discussion around net neutrality and what's actually happening are two different I think that's things. not net neutral. It just makes sense when your service gets that big because otherwise you're congesting True, all yeah. the lines on the internet. You're congesting the backbones, well, and so I to think, speak. I think also it sort of takes advantage of some of the inherent nature of the way the internet is laid out. Daredevil, what do you think? I think in the long run, these will be beneficial for everybody because eventually these special dedicated services will become more of a prevalent thing, like, uh, you know, patient uh, data being triumphant, uh, transiting self-driving cars. And we kind of want the companies to already have the budget because these will also reduce the cost of doing these type mm. of operations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Effectively opening the network, which we can bear, uh, already assume that the telcos won't do the biggest investment in infrastructure that we need. Yeah. So effectively, it will open room for those other services that matter much more the t- real-time data. So, speaking of internet speed, let's talk about the web browser battle like it's 1999, guys. Uh, yeah. Microsoft is showing you how bad Chrome is for your laptop's battery life with a demonstration of their Edge browser. And they've put out this video here, which is, uh, it's, it's, uh, do you remember way back in the day? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That is so Microsoft sounding. I know. Remember back in the day, uh, there were some Chrome speed videos that showed how fast Chrome was, and it was like bullet, like it was something like as fast as a bullet, or I can't remember. Mm. Well, now uh, Microsoft is returning the favor. They're showing oh. this. They're showing the battery life you get using the different browsers. Chrome this is, is the, kind of great. Yeah. So you see you have the big counter going there. And with Microsoft Edge, you get seven hours and 22 minutes versus four hours and 19 minutes with Google Chrome. You know, if they didn't rig that at all, that's kind of great. 70% I like it. longer battery life. I like it. Microsoft has launched their Edge campaign. You know they've been waiting on this one for a while. Shipped with Windows 10, so it's not like they just discovered this. Um, any interest at all? I mean, have to run who Windows, uses so. Internet Explorer? Who uses Edge, Windows. right? Edge, yeah. Yeah, that is, I think, sort of... The problem is, so, I feel like they're fighting a battle that no nobody wants anymore. <laughs> right? <laughs> Although you're a diehard Firefox user. Yes, I know. I'd really like to drop it. It frustrates the hell out of me. <laughs> like, I... If I lose my, my tabs one more time, and yes, I do the sticky tab thing, but it's, uh... Like, I... You, just, you want the state of the web page to be saved too, right? Yes. And what happened is the other day I closed it knowing there was a risk, right? And I didn't worry about the tabs. Okay. But they were just – You're it like, was nah, like, it's going to work. My tabs it's become work. my to-do list. Yeah, it's going to be fine. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I should install Java. F Java, right? You know what Java did? It opened up Firefox. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I, I opened up queued it, you know, to stop it. And then I was like, I just lost my previous session. I was going to, you know, bring it back up, but now I, and I could have, except that I was so quick to close it because I didn't want it to open. I lost it. So, and yeah. that people is what grinds my gears. That, Tom? Yep. That grinds my gears. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, I, so I was, I actually literally thought to myself, why don't I switch to another browser? Now the thing is, don't jump on me, everybody. I use Chrome, Safari and Firefox 
all three of them to do what I do for Jupiter Broadcasting. So yeah. uh, I have certain accounts logged into Safari, certain accounts logged into it. There's some of them. There's not a rhyme or reason. But uh, and then all my personal stuff. So oh, I'll figure it out one of these days. Well, before we move on to the BitTorn story, let me yeah. just say one thing. Go ahead. Well, Chrome has Chromebooks that runs on ARM. So definitely your battery life is going to be longer. Hmm. Thank you, Microsoft. You know, <laughs> uh, you could try Vivaldi that Jaren points out, which is based on Chrome. That might be something. Uh, I, got a, I got a couple of Google stories I think we'll cover first before we get to the BitTorrent sync story, which is kind of just sort of amazing. But first, let's talk about uh, Google's going to help you self-diagnose with new symptom search. So, uh, you know, you can huh. find out the answer is cancer even faster now. <laughs> the <laughs> answer is cancer. It always is, Wow, right? that is, I mean, that's a horrible. Headache on great. one side, uh, and then they'll give you these cards with different uh, symptoms. Uh, the problem is, is legitimately, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I mean, don't don't listen to me. I'm, I'm not a good example of anybody that is, that should, is managing their life. But, you know, <laughs> before Linux Fest Northwest, we were very, 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 very busy. And uh, out in the driveway, I stepped on a rusty nail, put it right through my foot. Uh, you didn't break through the other end, but it was a long nail. And this isn't like, this isn't like a millimeter. Like, it was like an inch and a half <laughs> yeah. long. Like, yeah. it, it yeah. was... It, and it definitely was rusty. Yeah. Like I saw it. It was it, what it used to be. Is it used to be a plastic round circle with a with that nail sticking out of it. It used to be like underneath a couch or something. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and it fell out and got rained on as somebody's put it in the garbage or something. I don't know. Yeah. And so I stepped on it and uh, I started googling. You know what, how, what to do to clean it out and what to do to see if there's signs of tetanus and things like that and. Everything, everything just tells you you're going to die, you're going to get tetanus, and you need to go to the doctor right now. And I'm like, that is actually not helpful because when it goes that extreme and it goes that generic, I just go, well, now you're being reactionary Mm -hmm. and you're just doing a catch-all to cover your butt. I need to actually know. And so I don't find that these cards and this surfaced information for me really ever happens to be that helpful. Right. Um, Because it's just sort of boilerplate information that – I have read on, on tetanus pr- a little bit, and yeah. I, I did find a source that said as long as you clean the wound, the chances of tetanus are actually pretty low. Really? Like, I didn't see anything. I mean, I did clean it. You no, know, no. And society wants us to believe that, oh, my God, it just barely nicked you. You need to get a shot. Yeah. Well, no. If you clean it, and I mean, obviously, yours went in quite, kind of yeah. deep. So I, I, that was, was the only thing. I was like, worried about that. I thought that. I couldn't get in far enough to clean but it because it went in so far. our bodies can flush it out. Yeah, it turned out to be okay. Yeah. Um, He's and not I, dead, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and this is – I scrambled around to clean it, but <laughs> I just found the whole like looking for medical – or like when I look for medical information on sleep apnea, again, I really hit a wall. In fact, this is way worse than the tetanus thing now that I think about it. This is really what bothers me. I really hit a wall with the, with the uh, sleep apnea research where because I don't fully understand the medical dialogue, I can't go that to that level, but everything I am capable of understanding and reading just stops at get a sleep study, get a sleep study, right. get a sleep study. Get, I've done a sleep study. I, I need. I, I would like to know more and more. Inf- I want. There's this more is, information I want to know. This is the same problem I had with my Dodge Spirit. It kept overheating on the freeway. Mm-hmm. After 10 minutes, I mm-hmm. pull over, turn mm-hmm. it off, turn it on. It would work. I I took it to several mechanics. I paid for a new radiator. I paid for a new uh, thermostat. It still did it. I called more places, and there was only one out of 10 places that would actually talk to me about what the possibilities were, and didn't just say, "Come here and spend eighty dollars so I can diagnose it." Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. So I don't – these card information – for some bits of information, it is very useful. But for other bits of information, it is what appears to be the attempt at helpfulness. 
but it's not actually helpful. Yeah. I bet doctors are rolling their eyes everywhere. If you if you have a PhD and you're listening, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Well, and also yeah. I, I would imagine that Google can only go so far without being liable in some cases. So they can't really be that helpful. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? Um, you have to read books in this case, like yeah. sleep apnea. You have yeah. to read like yeah. Robert E. Dement. What, what, you have an actual one you actually specifically recommended? Well, uh, Dement's the famous guy from the 70s. Like, oh. he, I mean, his stuff's probably still in copyright because things are, what, 75 years plus mm-hmm. the lifetime mm-hmm. of the author now. So, you know, things are going to get on the web. It's just going to take a generation. I, yeah. I need to make a clarification. You did, actually. Just compare me to a busted radiator. I didn't, yeah. So OS Writer <laughs> says, did Angela just compare Chris Last to a busted radiator? Uh, no, I compared him to Bad Head. <laughs> It was the head gaskets. Head gasket, head gasket. Yeah. <laughs> aluminum head gaskets. Yeah, I uh, I agree. That was actually my my conclusion too. Is well, now it's time to read think, more. Go ahead. I think that that app might be quite useful, considering that it will be translatable and mm. considering that it will be available in like countries that Google is available, but not necessarily the doctor. It's also and, it's handy just to be able to, to to enunciate to your phone, hey, I need this information, and within seconds it comes back with that information. But it's but helpful. This, but look at what this gives. Google is trying to always be a step ahead so that it can help you. So you've been searching for these symptoms. Now mm-hmm. you just found, uh, you know, you fainted, and uh, there's paramedics coming to help you. Google can provide that information. What you've been searching before, maybe it indicates what you've you know you've taken before. It knows where you've been, where you ate. And all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it hel- sure helps with that, that profile, doesn't it? It, yeah. it really does. You know, it would be interesting to Google, I have stomach pain. And then Google says, well, it could be food poisoning. You did eat at Pan- Panda Express last week you know, or, like, or within the last 48 hours. Yeah. But wouldn't that be creepy? Yeah. See, that's the thing is Google knows where I go because I, uh, I do use Google Fit. And so it does uh, what they call, uh, I forget they have a term for it, but it's like extra accurate tracking. And so they know everywhere I go. Literally, like if you pull up Google now on my, if I pull up Google now when I'm on uh, on my phone at a restaurant, it knows what restaurant I'm at. Put it's pretty arm, cool. Put your arms and, out because Google Fit is not be, working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, oh, I know, right? <laughs> what was that? And it might even be extremely helpful for governments or in and especially hospitals. Think about what hospitals all is all about: is managing traffic to a hospital. So if you know there is these a surging problem. Can better equip hospitals to make informed decisions. Oh yeah, on Google how to can report. <laughs> hey, hospital, yeah. you have thirty-eight people I mean, in the yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the area. Oh, they oh, ate oh, from boy. Panda Express we tonight. Do, we already do this with other mechanisms for you know with the local more local offices and doctors. I know that in the US maybe this is not as common because no, this, the, the health industry is different. But this, I think that these already happen. This actually makes me really excited for the future. <laughs> I like stats. I like I like or I just I like using data to help cut time, you know, trying to figure things out. Like because so many symptoms could be so many things, but if yeah. Google happens to be like, "Hey, but I saw that you did this and I mean, that's just going to cut out so many times of or so many hours of diagnosis." I actually I actually find all of so we were joking about uh, Google knowing having on the profile that uh, I searched for, you know, food poisoning or I searched for a tetanus. I actually think, I mean, if they're if they are going to legitimately track that I searched for that and and index that fact about me, throw it up on my fitness dashboard. Uh, you know, on uh, on 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 June first, you searched for you were having this health issue because why not throw them in with all the stats of what my steps were and 
uh, how many glasses of water I had that day, whatever else I choose <laughs> to track. Uh, it's one of the things I found interesting about Fit is um, you can plug other other applications into it. So uh, other fitness applications can share data with it. So my my sleep app can talk to Google Fit mm-hmm. so I can track my sleep in one spot. And so so the, can the drink water app and the staff. It's, it's very cool. But again, it gives them a very detailed profile on my health. But you know what? You can't print that out and bring it to your doctor if you do want to. Right. They just like they know? don't even care about it. Yeah. That's, that's that so is very stupid. true. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe that'll change eventually. So, last Google story uh, of the day, uh, just because this, Ange, guess what? what? Just you don't even have to guess what episode. Uh, I will give you a hint: a show was pulled off of, or a show got flagged for copyright yesterday. One of our shows that was produced in two thousand and nine. Can you guess what show it was? Uh, a stoked. No, no, good guess though. Like episode two of Joint Failures. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. It was episode like. Um, For what? It was kind of you know it's kind of funny. I should go pull it up. I don't know. I should go look. This is what astounds me is this stuff has been on YouTube. The problem is I get so many copyright violations that it may actually literally be at the bottom of my inbox now. But uh, I went and looked <laughs> at it uh, yesterday because I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. So the title was "Are Americans Afraid of Nudity?" <laughs> and this episode. Oh, I'm not logged in as the right person. Uh, this episode was published in, I think, mid-2009. Let me go uh, Let me go take a look. So it was uh, visual content. Oh, visual content uh, claimed by Icon Film Distribution of Australia. So apparently, uh, we, do you want to, should we play? Of course, then we'll make this be an offending content uh, if I yeah, play right? this show. Wow. Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. Oh, that you is. You should copy a link to that URL, though, so that uh, those that are listening, if they want to yeah, it has a, look at check this. it out. Have you, oh, that was the best. You yeah, know, hilarious intro yes, where, we're, uh, the... where we're in the wanted poster, which I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah. And I remember if. It might have been that poster. Maybe that was the poster we ripped off. I don't know. Maybe I just flagged this show. But uh, it was uh, – here, I'll drop in the chair. It was pretty good. And yeah, so the the copyright system on YouTube is just trash. It's really bad. And it's not just YouTube. It's all of Google. Since 2011, Google has removed more than 1 billion pirate, quote-unquote, links from its search results. And the 2 billion mark is only just a few months away. To illustrate the growth, uh, we've got a little chart here that shows that 5.1 million pirate URLs were reported to Google in the first week of June 2014. Uh, A figure that increased to over 22 million to years later apparently fair use just isn't a thing so because i yeah. guarantee i that not all of those are pirated the oh of course the surge and takedown notices has also gained attention of the u.s government a few months ago copyright office launched a public consultation in order to evaluate the impact and effectiveness of the current dmca provisions but google what do you how do you suppose google feels about this they think it's fine they maintain itself the current systems Working great. They say the notice and takedown process has been effective and an efficient way to address the online infringement. Wow. And they say the increasing volume of URLs removed from search each year demonstrates the right holders are finding the notice and takedown process worthwhile, efficient, and scalable to their needs. While Google believes that millions of reported URLs per day are a sign that the DMCA takedown process is working properly... Right holders see it as a signal of an unbeatable game of whack-a-mole. And those of us, like the independent content creators who are constantly caught in the crosshairs, definitely feel like the system isn't working. It's just awful. Uh, you just, and, you know, I think that's Google's way of going like, ah, let's not, let's not get any more regulation into this. Let's not do that. We don't, we don't need to do that. That's, I think, where they're going with that. All right. Any thoughts on that, Mumble Room, before we go? Because I'm kind of done talking about Google. <laughs> 
Okay, I thought this story was a real head smacker. You know, BitTorrent Sync created, uh, or BitTorrent created the BitTorrent Sync uh, protocol, the application. It was a big deal. Everybody's talking about it. We use it to distribute files for Unfilter. What could go wrong? Well, Sync's getting busted out into its own standalone company called Rosello, which is going to focus on enterprise customers. BitTorrent Inc. will be solely focused on building a global consumer media platform which utilizes the BitTorrent protocol to enable creators to monetize their art and distribute their work to our global network of 200 million fans. Huh. Yeah. So we got to replace the unfiltered sync pretty quick. If anybody has any suggestions that make it super easy to have a few hundred people just join a swarm and sync files, that would be really nice. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. So then they link over to the uh, Rosello blog, R-E-S-I-L-I-O. Yeah. Rosello? What do you think? You think I'm saying that right? I, I don't think know. so. Ros- Rosello. Rosello. I think it's like resistance. Rosello. Or it's like, it's maybe like. Maybe it's Resilio. Resilio. Yeah, that could be it too because it's resilient. Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be. It's like Resilio. Yeah. Uh, no single point of failure is their tagline. In today's modern enterprises. Oh boy. Yeah, so BitTorrent Sync's out. BitTorrent Sync is done. I think Sync Thing is the reigning open source Sync champion because BitTorrent Sync was never going to get there. What was that? You could add all your content to IPFS. You could try that. Sure could. Experiment, sure see could. how that works yeah. out. I could also do like a ZFS replication, just have everybody set up a ZFS pool and I could just replicate to them. Maybe the new Apple file system will work. Uh, I could use the new Apple file system. I could do it. <sighs> yeah, I'm just a little disappointed. I really was, So here's what I really liked about BitTorrent Sync, just really briefly so you can see my point of uh, BitTorrent Sync was – it's not just a way to distribute files. It was also like RSS publication and posting. It took the, it took the release process for us at JB from you know, encode the file, upload the file, create the post, put all the tags in there, put the, put the, uh, put the uh, description in there, add a thumbnail, post it on the web. With BitTorrent Sync, it was encode the file, copy to a folder. You're done. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it would get sent out to another machine and another machine and they would all feed each other. So not only was it your publication platform like a feed, it was also your built-in CDN and yep. that was just super That's nice. the nice thing about something like IPFS or Sync thing though as well. They would do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess IPFS they would worth, replicate. Uh, the thing about the thing about IPFS, well, I I just already have so many other Sync solutions in place. The like, Sync thing is the one not I kind of want to go. solution. Distribute IPF, IPFS, a peer-to-peer hypermedia it's, protocol to make the web faster. You could compare it more to torrents or an FTP than just syncing because it's all kind of on demand. You're not just doing this in real time, streaming stuff all the time. I'm going to watch a demo. Our first implementation is written in Go. It includes a fully functioning IPFS node, a Unix-style command line interface, hmm. an importable library, a JSON API for controlling the node programmatically, a gateway for exposing IPFS to regular web browsers, and a web UI for managing your node. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. All right, I will look at that. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tag that ass right now because uh, that might be worth uh, setting up. So yeah, because we got to get away from uh, that. There uh, tagged. We got to get away from that. There uh, BitTorrent Sync. Yep. Okay. So want to talk about some cool tech? Yeah. NASA's got a electric plane that used to have a really crazy name like X57. Well, now it's just called Maxwell. And Maxwell has a ton of propellers. Look at all those propellers. Like, so here, here's what you do, Andrew. When you want to make yourself an electric plane that goes faster and higher all the time, what you do apparently is you just add more propellers to it. I'm, that's what I'm told at least. 
We have a look at this wow. video over here. Yeah, isn't that cool? And I'll, solar panels. Well, this is one of their planes. Here, I'll turn up the audio so you can. The technology toward regular use. X57 is its latest prototype, and its design direction seems to be just add more propellers. NASA has a specific name for it, Distributed Electric Propulsion. NASA will give a production aircraft skinnier wings and stick six electric engines on the leading edge of each one and one on each wingtip. Tests have showed the distributed system can generate better lift than traditional engines at low speeds, like those experienced during takeoff and landing. And electric motors are typically quieter than combustion versions, even with lots of props going. But most of all, it's really efficient. The aircraft that we're designing right now and taking to a flight demonstrator can use five times less energy than the best general aviation aircraft out on the market today. A fuel-burning planes make a trade-off between speed and fuel efficiency, thanks to things like drag and the changing weight of their fuel. It means they don't always travel as fast as they're designed to. NASA says an electric plane could cruise closer to its design limits. But electric power will probably stay limited to small planes for now. Batteries are heavy and need time to charge, so it's harder for larger aircraft to get the same benefits. So don't expect a bunch of electric propellers to replace the big turbines on your next long-haul flight. At least... You know, uh, one of the things, too, that they showed in the demonstration NASA did is they took they took a uh, a version of the wingspan that wasn't attached to a plane. So it was just the uh, the propellers and the wings. They had a hookup system in the middle and they put it on top of a semi truck and they f- they attached it and they lifted the semi truck up off the no. ground and flew it down the road. Wow. Yeah. I did I did see it, but I didn't realize it was flying. Oh, really? They did show it in there. Oh, OK. Yeah, I guess just I a missed picture. it. Just a oh, picture. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. When I was watching, there's a video of it on YouTube. Uh, I guess I just missed it. Yeah, it is really cool. So that's – NASA's working on that maybe one day. Uh, And uh, I think – Daredevil, I think, uh, tossed this one in the IRC before we started. This is Ollie, a 3D-printed self-driving minibus. Oh, cute. 3D-printed minibus. Can carry 12 people. Wow. Yeah, created by an Arizona-based startup called Local Motors. Ah, cute. Yeah. It's kind of like locomotive, you know, yep. locomotives. Ollie was designed as an on-demand transportation solution that passengers can summon with a mobile app. What have I been saying? Yes. What have I been saying? Right? Uh, what do you think, Daredevil? And this caught your attention. What was it? It caught my attention specifically because in here we're starting to deploy our first electric buses that are, like, available mm. right now for the regular day-to-day state-run type of uh, public transportation. And I'd like to see more of places like U.S., which have more private and sector incentive type orientation, so that the efficiency levels come here. Basically, that's why yeah, I'm paying attention it. to it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see it actually taking off and actually happening. So there's that. That's pretty nice. Uh, we'll have a link to that if you want to check out Ollie in the uh, in the show notes. Angela, are you ready? Yes. Are you prepared? Yes. Are you braced? It is time for our Kickstarter <laughs> of the week. Okay. And this week, uh, this is probably a little too hot for Kickstarter. So it had to go over to Indiegogo. Ah. So this is your warning. Now, there's nothing um, perverse about to be shown, but it may, may potentially veer off into the not safe for work category. Don't look, Angela. Don't look. Oh, I, I, want, okay. I want you to see if you can guess what it is before you see it. Okay. It's called the Lilo Hex. Oh. You know about it already? I think so. You would. You would. You would. I swear. All right, here it is. The Lilo Hex. The world's first re-engineered condom. Oh, nice. (laughs) 
structure. Powerfully robust. <laughs> Whatever that means. Highly sensitive. Truly flexible. The condom reimagined. It looks just like a normal condom. It just has hexagons on it. I think the idea is that it can it can twist and turn in different locations because of that the, the hexagon. It's so, like the Force Flex trash bags. Yes, exactly. It's the first major <laughs> condom innovation in 70 years, and Charlie Sheen is backing it. Charlie <laughs> Sheen is <laughs> backing it. Yeah, so you see, it's I, I, they say it delivers strength, thinness, and sensation through the structure. It's the first major condom in 70 years that has any innovation. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a giant leap forward in the fight for great, safe sex with a structurally des- different design that means you can see and feel the difference. It has three core issues. The three core issues is discomfort, and their hex structure fixes that. Slippage, the web is raised on the inside to provide texture that keeps it on track. And breakage, the structure combines thinness and strength, so you know hex has your back. Hmm. What's the uh, material? Hmm. That is, yeah, That's well. That's my question. Let's see, the material. Well, it oh, it's right it wasn't there. the material of latex that needed to change, it was the structure. Oh, well, for yeah. me, the latex needs to go. <laughs> but. Yeah. What's Charlie Sheen I think people feel um, there's a uh, and uh, hmm. uh, <laughs> how should I put this? Um, he's serious about condoms right now. He's he's crying. No, just kidding. He's serious about condoms. I think people associate the word condom with less pleasure, with less connection. You know. That's some interesting editing they're doing on that, huh? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So I, that's the. Uh, I, I think it's still latex. Yeah. Yeah, webbed it's, throughout the latex, which means it looks and performs differently to any condom because it's webbed, I guess. Yeah. So I just uh, threw out all of my toys the last week or the week before because they all have latex. Yeah. Oh, latex is out. No late. So this would not work I, for you then. Yep. And uh, I bought a Lilo. Oh, oh, that's why you thought when you heard the yes. name. Yeah. Oh, oh, but it's, unfortunately, Lilo's. Oh, go ahead, Daredevil. I just say three things. They didn't win the Melinda Gates Foundation um, grant. They were giving grants uh, right and left on projects that were trying to make new condoms. So they wouldn't need this, this funding because there's that uh, giving funds for people trying to make condoms. And um, so I'd say that they're probably not doing anything that is really breakthrough. Mm-hmm. They're just probably doing good advertisement, I guess. Um, also, Charlie Sheen as ad- as advisor or <laughs> endorsement. Yeah. Like uh-huh. you, if it was some someone like half. Whoa! Think, right? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. It just auto loaded the video. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's like, yeah, it was just like if it was Hefner, <laughs> you know, you might you might think about it. But, yeah, yeah. Huh. I did not uh, recognize the name Lilo, but uh, yeah, if they're an existing company that already has a heart, this does almost seem like marketing, especially when it's on Indiegogo. Uh, they're doing well, though. Uh, they've got uh, they've got uh, some good funding, so I think it's actually... Isn't this interesting how established companies are coming out and doing crowdfunding projects like this? Mm-hmm. I figured I, I made the erroneous assumption because I, I, I don't like to spoil too much for myself for the show, and because I, I want to surprise you guys, too. I made the erroneous assumption that they must be... New, non-existent, yeah, yeah. Well, or maybe they borrowed the name, but yeah, the what I bought was a Lilo, and it was really expensive, so. and uh, it had some really good technology in it, and is completely 
latex rubber free. Well, that's nice. It actually uses edible grade silicone. Look at this. They've this is absolutely uh, this has got to be a publicity stunt because they were only going for twelve thousand dollars. So they're at fifteen hundred and eighty nine percent of their funding level. Wow, <laughs> that's got to be a stunt, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least they have like dubstep like music. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's good. What do you think, Daredevil? Are people going there uh, to raise money or to market? I think it's both, but the end goal that this is going to transform is we need less of and less the banks to come up with products, and we can actually adopt currencies like Bitcoin, which releases from you know, those ties. <clears throat> I like it. I like it. All right. So I guess we're going to declare this not a funded project once again. Correct. Boy, we... I... I, I think it's getting to the point that if we ever approve a backing of a project, I'm going to have to have some sort of like mini celebration because it's going to <laughs> be a it's going to be a monumental. Now I'm almost just now I'm just now who knows condoms no things that light up no things that make noise no things, things that, that do make things tortillas tortillas <laughs> we didn't even back the tortilla machine which comes with a monthly service you know how much I love that. <laughs> I just, you guys are just the hardest crowd to please. Not even Charlie Sheen could convince you to back something. So perhaps it is with a futile att- attempt. But I will waste the effort anyways and mention patreon.com slash today where you can choose to fund the entire network. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not that condom, but perhaps this network. Patreon.com slash today is where we go to raise funds to orient our priority towards our audience to fund future projects to make things possible like going out to certain events Hardware investments like our live stream upgrades. Fighting Comcast. The good, Comcast. In the good fight. Jeez, really? Seriously? <sighs> Honestly, this is sort of our current big thing, and we're probably going to have to do something that's going to be pretty expensive. And it's it's sort of how can an online-based company I – mean, we have to fight how this can, fight. Yeah, how can we not? Like, yeah. This is who we are. Patreon.com slash today. We need your help. Uh, and yeah, I posted uh, some of the uh, live shows from uh, from last week's shows, like including yesterday's last and uh, there's some funny moments in there. Some, sometimes I go, hmm, maybe I shouldn't post this. But the patrons <laughs> get everything. They get everything. Patreon.com slash today. If you're a patron, you can go over there and watch that stuff. If you're not, sign up. we got a cord cutters level. we got a swag level. All kinds of good stuff. And there could be something kind of neat coming to our, for our patrons soon. So stay tuned for that. Patreon.com slash today. Andrews, is there anything else, like stickers or anything we need to mention before we get out of here? Well, yes, you can get stickers by going to jupiterbroadcasting.com forward slash stickers. Lies. I I don't have the dimensions on there yet. I'm working on it. But uh, I got an influx of orders uh, because Chris advertised it on TechSnap and Lass. Oops. So um, Did I do that? Yeah, and before I even had the stickers (laughs) ordered. So that's cool. Uh, I'm filling them as soon as possible. I'm going to get them on Thursday. A lot of them, if I have them, they're already going out. And uh, you can get them there. Boomsies, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash stickers. Put them on your machine. Like yeah, you, it, <laughs> yeah you know? exactly. You put them on yes. your machine. That's where they go. That's where, you can put, I mean, I'm not going to judge. You put them anywhere you want. You want to put them on your bumper? Sure, you can. That could be your machine. But on the laptop, like that laptop right there, we need stickers. We should get, we should yes. get some stickers all over that. And thing. for those of you that are listening to Tech Talk today, today or soon after, uh, Coder Radio was moved to tomorrow oh. just before Linux Unplugged. Oh, Shoot. 
Is so, that why I didn't do the show? Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. So yeah. you can still catch. Yeah, might if just you don't, feeling well. Yeah, if you don't normally catch Coda Radio on Monday, or even if you do, you can catch it on Tuesday now yeah. before Linux Unplugged. Particularly tricky because we had a feed issue last week with Coda Radio, so some people didn't get the episode, oh. which is still an issue for some things like yeah. Pocket Cast and whatnot. Yeah, because you have to re-add the feed <laughs> instead of just, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, once like it's decided, it's got <sighs> the, it's super yeah. annoying. Uh, I almost wonder if we should, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so then this week it's late, which never happens. So people right. probably really wonder what's going Jeez. on. Hopefully people don't panic. Right. Don't panic. Stand by. You will get more Dominic soon. Uh, somebody's asking why the stickers are $4 and one penny. We've been there. It's, it's, it's that way because then I can easily catch it amongst all the other transactions that are in the PayPal account. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I look for the odd cents. Yeah. I had a, I had a kitty story I was going to share with you guys, but uh, we didn't get to it today. You know, I thought we'd end like on a nice kitty story. Should I play it anyways? Like a cat? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll just play a real quick kitty story for you. It's not an end of show clip. It's just like, it's just a kitty story because, I, uh, you know, Angela and I, you might, uh, you might not be a big cat person. I might not be a huge cat person, but the internet freaking loves cats. This yeah. is Tigger the kitten. He's alive after traveling about 300 miles inside the bumper of a car. Oh. That car belonged to Royal Navy Lieutenant Nick Grimmer, and he heard the cats meowing only a day after his long journey. Oh. After dismantling his car, Grimmer and his colleagues discovered the little guy unharmed. Oh. Grimmer flies helicopters for the Royal Navy's 814 Naval Air Squadron. They're nicknamed the Flying Tigers, oh. and since the kitten had some striped <laughs> markings, Grimmer decided to name it Tigger. Grimmer now carries the animal around in his pilot's helmet, which he says is the only place Tigger will sleep. The Royal Navy is now searching for Tigger's Duh. owners with the help of the hashtag Operation Tiger Kitten on social media. Oh, but- stop it. That's too much cute. Jeez. He just might keep it. Oh, my gosh. You know, I had a cat. I had a lost cat start following me on a walk recently. <laughs> and then and then as the walk goes on, I start feeling bad because I feel like the further yep, I go, yep. the more I'm taking the cat away from its home. Yes. So then I turned around. Tried to go back, but on the way back, it didn't stop where I thought it was going to stop. So I just kind of walked the direction I thought the cat was from. And then, like, another cat who was, like, super aggressive started to come out. And starts doing, like, this big, tough cat walk up. And this this other cat that's following me around, he's, like, this nicest cat ever. Like, I picked it up and started purring. Like, it's just, and it has no idea that it's about to get its ass kicked. So I'm like, come on, kitty, we got to go. And we we darted through some trees. And then I, when the kitty sniffed at another tree, I snuck off. I just, I was like, kitty, I got you in the general area, kitty. You're on your own. Nothing more I can do. All right, that does bring us. That's the end of, see, that was your cute moment on the Tech Talk today. See, I'm trying to bring, it's a Monday, trying to yep. help people out. TechTalkToday.reddit.com, that's where you go to help us out with stories, content, feedback for the show, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contacts, where you go to send us your emails. And last but not least, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. In fact, Worth checking because I don't know if there's going to be a show when I'm not here in a couple of weeks. I don't know. I don't know what's planned for that. I told Noah that he's welcome to do the show, but you know because he's going to be doing all the other shows for me. I don't know. This okay. show might be too much work for him, so you're going to have. We'll probably just. You'll probably just have to ask him. He'd probably be up for it though. I, yeah. 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 All right. That does bring us to the end of this week's episode of Tech Talk today. Thank you for joining us, and see you back here next Monday. Whoever heard of a duck getting seasick? We'll be back in a jiffy. A stick of juicy fruit, the taste is gonna move ya. Take a sniff, pull it out. The taste is gonna move ya when you pop it in your mouth. Juicy fruit is gonna move ya. It chews the salt, it gets right to ya. Juicy fruit, the taste, the taste, the taste is gonna.